In this episode of the Supercharged Podcast, we interview our dear friend Amanda Spicer, founder of Pranic Forest Apothecary and visionary artist and creator behind Solero Cultu Tarot. She is a frequency explorer of many cosmic talents. Amanda is an energy and sound healer, master herbalist, facial reflexologist, aromatherapist, natural beauty expert, and cosmetologist, just to name a few. In our discussions, we shed light on tarot, a practice often misunderstood, and discuss what exactly it is, why it is feared by so many, and how it can be used as a tool for manifestation. We also speak to our innate power to visualize and create an extraordinary life that is in alignment with our true selves. While listening to this podcast, we invite you to tune into your own power, your own manifesting capabilities, so you can move forward and lead the life of your dreams. We really hope you enjoy and are inspired by this conversation with Amanda Spicer. We're so excited to have you here today, Amanda. We're going to talk all things tarot, and we've got some other beautiful conversations lined up for today. We've been talking for so long already, so we decided to turn on the the record button. And I think we can't really talk about tarot without talking about where you come from and who you are as a person. And your story is really unlike anyone else we know, for sure. So can you tell us a little bit about yourself, where you come from, your your heritage and well I think I honestly come from the land of the coven <laughs> I come from the uh, very uh, southern tip of Quebec uh, right along the Vermont border where we have like a lot of makers a lot of artists um, there's a big emphasis on the handmade um, there is an emphasis on magic in the area the area feels very magical as well um, there's a lot of old families there um, a lot of haunted homes that's just very part and parcel with living in that area mm. and so you know I and I also have magical lineage in my history as well so um, I uh, I'm, I'm absolutely I don't I don't even know what the right word is for it now but I'll just tell you my mother is Dutch and Irish and um, that's very typical mix for that area of Canada and my father was from the Caribbean side of um, Costa Rica and within him was uh, a mixture of many Costa Ricans have this where you're a mix of black, you're a mixture of Chinese and a mixture of Spanish blood. So, um, so I have that mix within me and, um, you know, I'm, I'm predominantly Irish, you know, according to my DNA, but everything else is in there. And I think I learned from a very early age that I was definitely somewhere in the middle, like I wasn't really white. I wasn't really black. I was definitely Hispanic, but not really. I mean, I barely speak Spanish. I speak French. So I think that that automatically put me into a spot of being in the middle. And I took some comfort over time. I began to think that that was a comfortable spot to manifest from was right neutral in the middle. So you're not looking at her right now, but she's absolutely stunning. (laughs) We met Amanda. Year, several years ago now, mm-hmm. um, more in the energetic space, but has grown into natural beauty and wellness and that capacity. But getting to know you in this light of, I don't know, manifestation, we talked about your energy and what a, what a background that you have. And I love that that's, I wish, I want to know what our background is. I think that's such a powerful start to who Actually, you are. it is. When you're looking at your, um, I mean, I'm a very psychic person as well. And I remember having um, what I thought were past life, um, you know, visions and things like that. And, and after I did my DNA, I came to learn that I was actually, I think, reading my own 
DNA strand, my own um, heritage. I, you know, I was having all sorts of visions that, you know, they weren't pleasant, but they were definitely, mm -hmm. I would come to find out all those things were within my own heritage. So, you know, that right there is a question for us. You know, sometimes mm -hmm. when we're having these visions, are we reading our own energetics or are we seeing something from perhaps a past life if that's part of your belief system? Mm -hmm. So um, I think that, um, you know, I mean, I, I adopted, I, I'd had very, very magical experiences cosmic mostly cosmic in relation that you know very much alters your energy you know from four or five years old um you know seeing multi-dimensional celestials entities um energies things like that completely changes the way that you're going to view the world and um, i would quickly learn that uh a large percentage of the world also did not see it this way mm -hmm. so it would again give me this reason to stand out and um you know i do remember not being able to um you know play with certain kids because of that i definitely remember um there was sometimes a race thing but then also sometimes more of a psychic thing or you know you come from more of a you know sort of a cult type of house or mystical home that's just not quite acceptable um you know being asked to leave people's homes because i was reading tarot oh, wow. when i was younger yeah, or actually um, being uh, suspended from my high school for reading tarot cards, setting up my little office in the library. <laughs> and so I've definitely, um, you know, had, uh, I would say, attacks for being more open that way and being more outwardly mystical. Um, I've come to accept it now, but uh, because I've had enough of that and I'm not really into triggering people, I tend to just know what realms I sort of operate best in and I'm not ever trying to convert people or trigger them with my belief systems. I think there's room in this giant realm, because it's not a planet, Earth is a realm, um, for all people's you know, points of view and, and how they feel, it's all valid, mm -hmm. you know. So this passion from a young age to use tools like tarot, like how, where did you find it or how was that something that became part of your toolkit, so to speak, to explore who you were or what you I think I had my first deck when I was 12. Um, you know, a crystal ball came sort of shortly after that and I'd always kind of had a Ouija board as well. So, um, you know, I mean, there's, I just, I've had it my whole life. Um, you know, I, I definitely, you know, even when I, I, I was a hairstylist from the time that I was 18. So even when I was doing hair, sometimes I'd be reading people's tarot cards while, you know, I was processing their hair. But a big part of my meditation has always been art and illustration. Mm -hmm. So I'd also always be painting or drawing. It was like I couldn't really pick and decide what I wanted to be when I wanted to grow up. Um, and I would leave that beauty background at one point thinking I was finished with that and pursue herbalism and all many different energy modalities. Um, I also was part of an ancient mystery school that I'd meet with um, in my early 20s and I would learn so many things there as well. It was just, you know, teachings that I can't even believe I was able to get out of, you know, the small town of Saskatoon, Saskatchewan, you know, but there's definitely some um, mystical people living there. Mm -hmm. I think there's mystical people placed everywhere that, you know, if you're of that energetics, you'll just find them. So um, I learned a lot of things. Uh, would later move to Calgary. Uh, I think I've been here now for about 15 or 16 years. And, um, you know, would bring back and resurrect some of that old beauty career into the facials and then obviously the facial products that were, you know, led from a background in aromatherapy and herbalism and all of these things sort of made Pranic Forest, which is where I am now, 
But it wasn't enough to just open a store in a year. I also had to design and draw 80 tarot cards for my own deck. <laughs> and you, like, you've been trying so many times to do this over the yes. years and have started and yes. stopped. And so finally, this is like... It's manifested. It's, yeah. <laughs> and it's going to print and it's happening. It's so happening. How, yeah. Where did all of this inspiration come from or like... Mm-hmm. It, well, one of my mentors um, asked me, and he's a tarot reader and has been for about 40 years, also an author and a spiritual advisor. And he he asked me, he said, are you planning these out beforehand? And I said, well, no, they're mostly channeled. And to me, that's mm-hmm. really what like um, illustration is. Uh, you know, if anybody out there is somebody who constantly draws, especially when they're stressed, you are making way for your super conscious to come through and you are bypassing your conscious mind and you are just simply putting that meditation onto paper. And for some people that might be yoga, some people it might be a transcendental meditation, Um, but actually the um, ability to take what's in your mind's eye and put it to paper is an ancient form of conjuring. Mm -hmm. And um, that form of conjuring, um, I believe has also gone into the tarot, which have been around for thousands of years. and there's, you know, much debate about where they originated. But um, I've seen, you know, pictorials in uh, books that are from the 11th century. And there's definitely astrological influences there in the beginnings of what is definitely ancient conjuring. And they look exactly like the tarot. So um, they made their way to Europe at one point and it became very posh to have somebody design and draw you your own deck and then they were outlawed and illegal for about 300 years so even for something to have a history like that um you know i i wouldn't say that they um ever really um i wouldn't look at them as to necessarily try to get them to tell your fortune or reveal your future to you although i believe they can but if anything i think they're more of an indicator for your current situation Mm. and i think you can do many different things like them maybe sleep with one under your pillow make a manifestation that way see yourself as the being in the card as you lay the cards out if you've had enough life experiences you're going to begin to be able to relate and see yourself in every single card Mm. and maybe what's beside it denotes an action that you should be taking in your current life in your current situation so that's so neat (laughs) so tarot is something that i've actually never dabbled in i've looked at the cards on the shelf and that kind of thing but i've always stepped away from them because i just i don't even know where to start so when someone is choosing a tarot deck and Mm. then beginning from the absolute basics of it. Can you describe like some of the things that they might totally well? You know, there out? are some decks that have been reprinted now. For instance, the Manciati deck, which was from about the 1500s, um, that's an old Italian deck. It definitely looks a lot different than your regular Rider weight tarot deck, which is the most popular way to take tarot. Um, I think when you know my first deck was from the 70s, and it was the Aquarian tarot. Some people will recognize it. I don't think it's easy to get a deck these days, but um, the Aquarian Tarot had a very um, art deco look to it. Um, My preference for anyone learning to read the tarot, though, um, was uh, something that followed a Rider-Waite system. Um, The reason I say that is because generally you could take those cards and nowadays even Google a meaning to it and you can sort of see, it makes it easier to learn how to read tarot if you're starting that way. Um, decks I find that deviate too much from the original meanings can be a little bit more, um, it it can be a little bit scarier to try to read and try to tackle that because Mm -hmm. you might not get all of the meetings. Um, 
I think that the Rider Waite is an excellent system and they had a lot of knowledge, a lot of knowledge that was based on old hermetic principles um, as well. And so... What does that system mean exactly? Is it well, the it number was, of cards you pull or yeah. houses? So typically um, a deck of cards is 78 cards. Although something like the Minciati was more than that because they were including separate cards like um, astrology cards and things like that. Nowadays, this might, you know, go behind, for instance, like the Queen of Cups would represent um, a woman, uh, you know, a Pisces, um, a Cancer, a Scorpio, I mean, associated with those water elements and astrological signs with a watery influence to them. So, um, in some of the older decks, you might find those on their own. Maybe you just see like the element of Pisces or the water. And, and so obviously then you'd have like 95 cards or so. Mm. Um, but now most things are sort of, you know, conglomerated into one. And I think that really happened with when uh, Edward Waite, Pamela Smith did the Book of Black Magic, which, you know, um, that was, they were from the same uh, order as the Golden Dawn, which was um, Alistair Crowley. So, um, I don't know a lot about them historically, to be honest. I don't really follow Alester Crowley's work or anything like that. I'm not really drawn to it. However, I do think it was important that they really researched and they put that information out and it, it really created a system that people could really look at these cards um, as A, a way of conjuring, uh, B, as a way of um, looking at your own current state, maybe a glimpse into your future if you're lucky. Um, and if you're really perceptive, you can read and help other people look at their own issues that they might not otherwise be able to see for themselves. So if anything, they can become a form of spiritual counsel, to be honest. Um, they are, though. I think mm-hmm. you, Amanda walked us through a few cards explaining like what they symbolize and the story behind it. And then, yeah, reflecting on one, I think I've never done that. Like, looked mm-hmm. at one card, what does it mean? And how it can pertain to your life circumstance. Like we didn't pull cards or anything as with Amanda said. We have her original drawings like laid out on the table in front of us right now. They haven't gone to print yet. And it's really, really cool to see them in a like an eight and a half by 11 size, essentially, of the deck. But the details of the intricacies of the drawings and the meanings behind, like you must have spent hours on each drawing. It's I did. Some of them, it's interesting. Crazy. Some of them were very fast and other ones maybe took, you know, six hours yeah. or, um, or maybe I redrew them, you know, six times before I was happy with them. You know, they just had to absolutely be, you know, perfect in a way that I was happy with them. If there's anything I wasn't happy with, I definitely, re- it was a redraw. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, every single one of them became a channeling. So it was, um, you know, this was a year where I'd opened up um, a spa, I had opened up, you know, ancient beauty rituals that, you know, we were using as well as product and redesigning products. So it was a busy year. And um, it could have been probably easily derailed by all of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a lot of death in my family that year as well. And um, but they became sort of a means of centering and grounding me down. Um, so taking maybe my thoughts and putting them to paper, mm-hmm. I can see now why for, you know, a couple decades, I tried a few times to do a tarot deck and it would never stick. But I honestly felt as I moved through each card, I could relate to a lot of the experiences. Actually, in a way, almost every experience I was drawing, I could have a relation to. So maybe it wasn't the right time before. Maybe I didn't have enough on my life path yet. I'm now in my mid-40s. So I didn't have enough on my life path maybe when I was, you know, 24 to be able to adequately um, project those feelings and emotions onto a card. 
um, in a way that almost everyone can relate to it. Mm -hmm. You know, I have included the hope card, which is, I think a card that I would want to get on a reading is that, you know, even though there's, you may be trying to create from a desolate place, but you can still manifest, you know, and people forget that they, they forget that they're natural manifestors mm -hmm. and that the energy in this third dimensional realm, everything exists. Every experience we could have is already existing here for us. And the only thing is, is that we look at something if we steer off our neutral path, whether it's good or bad, and we um, interact with that object or, you know, that person and have an experience through that. Mm -hmm. And that's our takeaway from living in this dense physical reality. And sometimes that's going to be a good experience or a bad experience. You're your own barometer of what that is. And maybe at the time you see it as a negative experience and years later you back, look back and say, well, that was actually really positive. I just didn't see it at that time. It was a necessary step for me to leap to my next jumping board. Oh my gosh. So. I think we can all relate to that. Totally. Exactly. Exactly. So for someone who is like, oh, Tarot, this is a little bit out there for me. I'm not really, I don't want to give my power away to someone or yes. it's just too much for me. How can it be a tool that's so empowering to use totally. like on a day to day that you can just look at it and, and just get some insight and almost as a reflection? Well, you know, I mean, it's interesting because there, there has been a lot of fear over the tarot. I think it's sort of interesting because people are very plugged in right now to social media, mm -hmm. giving their power away, right. very plugged into television programming and giving their power away. Um, I think that's really interesting because I find that all of those things are highly disempowering. Mm -hmm. So it's... And and it's so funny because people probably think, no, no, like I'm choosing to do that. I'm not giving my power away. I, I yeah. want to do that. But yeah, they might have to take a, a better look at how television programming works and the commercials that they see and um, how that interacts with your brain and whatnot. Um, I think that as a tool of manifestation daily or just to take a look at the cards, um, you know, when you see them in front of you, um, you might be pulling from your deep subconscious. And this is just the way where it's sort of, you know, coming through your conscious mind and now you're seeing it and maybe it makes more sense to you. Your brain actually very much um, resonates with symbols. You know, it can really understand through symbols. Um, there are many big companies that use sigil, if you want to call it that, or symbols. Um, when you see the cross, that is a symbol and you automatically have an emotion and relate an emotion to that image. When you see a star, you have that same image. Um, often people, when they see a triangle pointed downwards, they think, oh, that means earth. You know, um, there's all this imagery that your brain um, definitely processes without you, without your conscious mind even knowing. So you're constantly exposed to images like that. That, um, you know, I think when you're drawing tarot cards, you're sort of, you know, deliberately, you know, looking at these cards and seeing if you can see a bit of your story that you might not otherwise see for yourself necessarily. Mm -hmm. And maybe that allows somebody else to sit down with you and it sparks a conversation. Maybe if anything else, this just sparks that conversation of you to have a deeper look to where you are in your life path and what's kind of beside you and what some of your choices are and options. And I guess that's the important thing is, you always have options. Mm -hmm. You always have a direction you can go. I mean, this life, that's what it's all about, mm -hmm. you know, is, is each choosing that you have, you'll have an experience through it. And then you can rate that on your little scale of that was positive, that was negative, but it was still an experience and you mm -hmm. were meant to have it. Mm -hmm. So, 
Sorry, go ahead. Oh, we both Lex and I were like, okay, what, what can we ask? <laughs> well, it just reminds me of, like we were talking about the, even the wands before too. Yes. And just having, there are two wands? <laughs> yeah, so there's, so so we have our major arcana, which are the big major life, you know, if you're going through life. Um, then we have our four suits. So we have the wands, or also known as the batons. We have the swords, a little bit more of a solemn suit. We, uh, we have the cups and we have the pentacles or coins. So if you want to look at the swords, that's associated astrologically with um, air signs and the air element, something that's sort of wafted into your path quite quickly. And it denotes that you're going to need to take an action quite quickly. Um, you know, uh, when you're um, going into the, um, they're not as versatile, in my opinion, as like a wand. A wand mm -hmm. is you know, um, that spark of creativity. That is the spot that I believe you're manifesting from. It's that spark of creativity. You are maybe using your wand as a weapon. You're using your wand to build a home with. You're using your wand as a magical tool for manifestation. You've got some, um, you know, different uh, things you can do with the wands. The cups are associated with, you know, that element of water. Maybe sometimes we don't have enough water in our life. Maybe we, we are not flexible. I think that this is a realm that requires you to be flexible. Mm -hmm. And that's something I noticed that rigidity is actually very toxic to the body. Mm -hmm. I think um, rigidity is, is um, a real problem and people don't realize it, you know. And, and then I would take that and say you need a little bit more water and also you need some dandelion. <laughs> when you, you talk know? about rigidity, is it like rigidity to that idea of perfection that we are all trying to aspire to or that yes. rigidity of following someone on Instagram and seeing that they've mm -hmm. accomplished this, or maybe they are believing this is what they should be well, okay. stuck in our story. Like, That's yeah. exactly. Yeah. I would say like everything that you just said is, is part of it. And then I would go back to you hit on these, you know, Instagram or social media, um, people being very much, you know, we're at this crossroads right now where people are being highly activated. We are beginning to really, um, step into our power a little bit more as a collective consciousness, but there's very much physical representations of being in the will of the masses, which is your navel chakra. So that's very much being able to go on an, into, in, uh, on social media and rant along with the will of the masses. It might not actually be your own divine will that you're using there, but you're being swayed. So um, that's not really being in your power. There's lending your voice to something and mm -hmm. then being swept away by the masses and not being in your power. And I don't believe that that's a very good place to manifest from. Um, now, your navel chakra is connected to your third eye or ajna chakra which is the center of the your divine will and so when you're manifesting and um, basically processing information from there whether you're looking at social media or not um, you basically are going to look at your social media and go well i really love what that person's doing i can do it too and it's okay we're not competing we're connected you know um, i also have this creativity i'd love to apply it this way rather than feeling lower in the chakras and going well i'm operating from a place of lack and um, I, that makes me feel like I haven't done enough mm -hmm. or I need to go along with this or else. You know, you're not necessarily creating from or manifesting in your power if we're talking about those two chakras. And that would be an example of, um, you know, social media, television programming, things like that. I'm really, I think, um, charging this year 
charging people this year with like to get out of the fear of beauty in terms of like you're not pretty enough you're not good enough or if you don't do this if you don't inject your face with this you're going to look like this i think that none of those things are true i think that people trying to make themselves just to take it back to beauty for just a minute people trying to make themselves look like their instagram filters is unnatural mm -hmm. and taking away your ability to express through the face face is really just like not it's not healthy mm -hmm. it's it's not a healthy way to view how you should look i think again that's another way of being like falsely it's like falsely empowered you know so mm -hmm. i wanted to sort of go raw and go like we're working with the dynamic frequency of herbs Let's do natural beauty. Let's produce collagen by um, facial massage, very ancient techniques. Um, and let's look at, um, you know, art as a conjuring method and manifestation mm -hmm. rather than looking at the TV, waiting for it to make your life happen. I remember my first meeting with you. I feel like Lexi probably bought me an energy healing session with you out of your house. <laughs> She's like, okay, just book the whole afternoon off because it's an hour, but you're going to be there for four. Oh I think that, and you're going to need a nap so after. And that common theme. Oh, our mom, our dad, so seen you, oh, our best friend. Wow. And yes, our, par our parents say hi. Oh, hi. <laughs> but, I love them. They're beautiful. Oh my gosh. Beautiful people. I remember the like magic and the light that came from that meeting where it was like you spoke so much about your manifestation journey and different things that mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you had written yourself a million dollar check or just these yes. ideas of a life and it's obviously not just financial but yeah, how yeah. you wanted to raise your family and what you wanted your kids to be involved in but I love the manifestation for some people that don't know how to get started totally what are we doing like what yeah well you know basically I believe that when you're manifesting and you're really rooted in your power that's when you're the most powerful Astrologically, um, you can be heavily influenced by what's going on up in the mid heaven to high heaven. So AKA celestial bodies, um, you know, Thursday, for instance, would be a Jupiter day. Um, you can also work with Jupiter, uh, maybe Sunday evening, but, um, is that just this week or like any, any day? So okay. every day of the week is associated with a planetary body and depending on what type of manifestation or magic, if you will, um, that you're trying to create, if it's, if it's things of an earthly realm, very much, you know, associated with money or the suit of pentacles in the tarot, you are looking to do that on a Thursday. Um, if you're wanting to cast a love spell, that's a Friday because that's <laughs> Venus. <laughs> More reasons to love Fridays. Yeah, <laughs> right. So um, I, I definitely, I mean, you can, you know, you can apply the tarot very astrologically as well. Uh, definitely, there's a lot of planetary things going on in there as well. Um, you know, celestial things. Uh, it's, it's really, it's, it's. I think it's a very friendly way to work with magic that anyone can learn to do. Mm -hmm. um, I think that if you want to put a little bit of, you know, study behind it, it is a, it's a skill that. That you can acquire and it can be very helpful if you have nothing else um, to look at I would really tell people to take a look at the tarot mm -hmm. and see you know because it will give you a deeper insight into yourself and where you're moving through what cycles you're moving through in your own existence so your own path that you're forging your own path I think that's really important is that you know um, you know not to take your power away when you're looking at something like the tarot this is about your own journey and ultimately you are the creator of your own destiny and um you know trying to stay in your power and in a positive um element 
like you cannot create from fear. Mm -hmm. So if you're somebody who's getting swayed by social media too much and it is taking way too much of your time, look at that. Look at how much of your time is the television, is social media. How much time are you spending creating? Because you can't really manifest if you're not creating. And that could be anything. Cooking, making a soup is conjuring, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, definitely using those herbs and spices that is that is conjuring and maybe you love cooking and then you've, you know, spread it to everybody and it's on a Friday That's a, and they're all happy and in love. That's a love spell right there. <laughs> <laughs> you know? So, awesome. yeah, absolutely. That's so good. So tarot is a great tool. Would you say to bring us from that navel chakra to I think I think it to see where you're at on that barometer you know um like uh you know maybe um you know you can also see what you might be missing maybe you have a lot of cups um so a lot of emotional ways that you would like to manifest something but there's no fire there's no wands you might need to start bringing a little bit more fire into Mm. your world to be able to to light that creative spark because if all you have is water you're just kind of flowing along you might not be manifesting how do you get that fire then like someone that's like well i think we team up like with partners that often have sometimes very opposite astrological charts yeah to balance each other out um i am all water well, I'm a little bit water. I'm a cancer. For people that are listening, they might want to know. So I am a cancer sun. I'm a Leo rising. I'm a Sagittarius moon. So very fiery. What does that all mean? <laughs> well, basically, I'm a Virgo because I was like, in August. Yeah, I'm Libra. I was drinking out of my Libra mug this morning. But that's oh, about that as far as I know. Is that like not really your story then? It's not it's, when you're born. Yeah. Well, what you're born is. under the influence of, of the planets as right. well. So a lot of things we're doing fall under the influence of the planet. And so manifestation with Jupiter is a little better on a Thursday and especially a little better the last two days because Jupiter was up closer to Earth than it normally is. So maybe that makes us a little bit more aware or creates a little bit more of a magical sequence for us to manifest earthly possessions. And for most people, that's going to be money, you know. And so um, I think that, uh, you know, looking at your chart when I was talking about the Sag, the Aries, the whole bit, it just means I have Cancer is my sun sign, which is water element, mm. or oh, sorry, a water, you know, astrological influence, and all of the rest is all falling into the line of fire. You know, mm. Aries is fire, Sag is fire, you know, Leo. So I mean, like, I definitely have um, just enough water in my astrological chart to douse myself out with when I get too fiery. <laughs> But a lot of fire I'm always creating. If I'm not creating something, I find I'm very, very, like, it's like my fuse burns out. Mm. I really need to be feeding that fire all the time and be creating all the time. And, you know, um, and I, I will make time for the creations. So that means that I cut a lot of other things maybe out that I don't deem necessarily important for my own life or that I found I was maybe spending too much time doing. Um, you know, I think that... Um, I honor the news of the world, but I don't sit down and watch the news before bed every night. That's a way to poison my mind with everybody else's emotions and what's going on. If I'm going to look at something like the news, I'm not going to look at it before I'm going to sleep Mm -hmm. and process it that way. Um, I just find that 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 would make me feel very tired, very anxious. And a lot of people are doing that. They don't even know that they're doing that. And probably the first thoughts you're having in the morning, too. It's the same thing. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Like, you know, um, you know, again, manifesting from that power. Like if the first thing that you're doing is getting up, you know, looking in the mirror and getting on a scale, that's also not a good habit. Mm -hmm. There's that rigidity there. It's like, you know, I mean, now you have 
decided what your whole day is going to be like. Are you happy with your weight or unhappy with your weight? Now you're going to go, go to work and decide, are you happy with these people or unhappy? Like it's just going to constantly be spiraling. Um, I think like waking up and having like, um, you know, a love your guts drink would be, <laughs> you know, and looking in the mirror and saying, gosh, this is doing so much for my body, so much for my heart, so much for my skin, mm-hmm. you know, um, so many great things to um, benefit you that, uh, you know, that's a better way. How do you mm-hmm. navigate the reality that news will be honored, that maybe we use the tool of listening to news as a yeah well it is education i think you need to be aware of what's going on around yes. you but how do you do it so that you're you're you continue to make this world a better place versus right living in fear well i think that it's um you know important to understand that again we're in a realm and there's going to always be a lot of things going on i mean you know um you know, a person can easily also be like offended by somebody like across the ocean from us, you know, or even in another like habits and rituals that happen sort of around the planet. There's always going to be something that we might not understand because we don't live in that. I think that, um, you know, knowing what's going on on the planet is important. I think trying to view those things when you're feeling um, powerful and when you're, you know, in a good like like when you're going to take on something like that that could be really perceived as negative especially the state of our world right now um see where you're at that day in your heart the world will be okay if you miss a day of news you know if you're having problems with anxiety depression things like that shut your instagram and facebook off Mm -hmm. and the news go to pinterest and just fill with all that creative you know Mm -hmm. you're not competing with anybody you're just being creative Mm -hmm. you know just looking at other people's creations and just you know feeding your soul with that like if you're a person who's waking up and you're feeling every day like you're very anxious definitely remove some of those things like the world will still go on if you're not taking that in every second Mm -hmm. because it will really affect you and i think just like you can speak terribly about somebody else and your mind will hear it for yourself first the same goes for some of this information if you're having an emotional reaction to some of this information which is natural um this is also staying sometimes in your system because remember emotions are magnetic and they will stick into your chakra system and then maybe at some point you you know you discover that you're unwell and it's your endocrine system which is the physical manifestation of your chakra system so how do you clean that system out well you can come to pranic forest (laughs) (laughs) but actually uh you know meditation and pulling more light into your body mm-hmm. that's very important i think that's a very important practice mm-hmm. um pulling more light into your body um meditating on more light um definitely drinking herbs that have a high magnitude towards light um cleaning clearing the frequency of green is very clearing so whether you're drinking green juice and bringing that into your body that's a great way to do it or whether you're walking through the forest and it's all green you will mm-hmm. feel much better i don't i can't think of anybody that goes for a hike and says mm-hmm. i feel like crap after like (laughs) never doing that again you know like yeah so interesting yeah definitely so when you say pulling in the light like how does someone that's like what the heck is she talking about like how do you well we have different areas on our body that we can pull light so the palms for instance lead right to the heart so we can pull prana in from the palms so if we're looking at three energies which is chi chi is everywhere um even if you put your fingers up like this Put your tongue to the roof of your mouth. We're doing it. Yeah, we're doing it right now. (laughs) And if you stare to the end of your fingers here against the white wall, you're going to start to see a little bit of light and a little bit of movement all around. Oh my gosh, Mm -hmm. I am. Yes. So that's chi. So you want to pull that in 
all the time. Yeah. So you can pull in chi just from the air. The quality of That's air, so cool. we have a lot of beautiful chi because we live in the Rocky Mountains. We don't have a lot of pollution, um, you know, so uh, we definitely, you know, um, can have a better availability of chi than some places on this planet. Absolutely. Um, another one would be shen. So pulling in that energy of the heart, uh, something like reishi supports the shen. Um, you know, uh, and then pulling in Jing energy through the kidney channels at the back, which would be the Ming Mind Chakra, but you know, your adrenals, giving your life force energy that way, there's things that you can drink or have for that. Or there's some yogic exercises, mm-hmm. you can bring that in. Or you can just have somebody maybe do some body work or energy work and be clearing and stimulating some of those, you know, areas. You pull energy in from the bottom of your feet. Um, having that experience like you would have that childlike experience of taking your feet or your shoes off and standing on the grass or standing on the ground not the cement you are now absorbing energy from the earth back into you and you will feel more grounded mm-hmm. um i tend to channel so i pull a lot of energy through the top of my head mm-hmm. a lot of energy so a lot of it is um i have very activated upper chakras so i'm pulling a lot of energy in through um like multi-dimensional realities and mm-hmm. that allows me to like create images onto paper that, you know, that I'm not maybe seeing on a daily basis, but they, they came from somewhere. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that, like, you, you're coming from a space of, like, almost re, feeling reinvigorated, like, so much energy from yes. creating. Like, Absolutely. do you ever find that you need a, there's, like, that so when side where you need to recharge? Or yeah, is this your recharge? I totally know what you're asking. Um, actually, that's so funny, because if you're pulling energy in, I find through the upper chakra, through the top of the head, about 80%, if you're working on somebody, 80% if you're channeling that fresh prana is going to the, the client or the person you're working on, and 20% is staying in your body. So if you're um, doing energy work or whatnot, or putting out a lot of work, if you're getting ultimately some sort of payoff from it, then no, you don't feel tired. I think if a person's doing energy work and they're always feeling tired, they're not pulling in enough fresh prana, or they're not taking the time for themselves to recharge, which might be going into nature. I think going into nature is an amazing way to recharge. That's mm-hmm. If I ever don't feel right, I know that that's something I haven't done. Also, if you're not drinking enough water, that that is so important. Water is so important. That's a, if if I ever feel that I'm anxious or kind of grumpy or whatever, um, I will drink a bunch of water. I might be really low on water, mm-hmm. and we just don't think about mm-hmm. it. So yeah. And like we're all about rituals and like things that like you can simply add to your day and that kind of thing. And all of these things, it's not like you spend a week just go, 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 go and giving all your energy. And then you're like, okay, I've set aside one day for this to do the whole day and think that that's going to last you. Like these are things that you can do just a few minutes a day or even just like take time middle of the day or end of the day. And yeah, like I said to moms, I mean, I have four children, so I've said to moms before, like I, you know, um, what a beauty ritual means to me as a mom of four. I mean, two of my children are adults now, but <laughs> but as just having, you know, you know, multiple children in the home all the time at varying degrees of their life phase, um, what a beauty ritual means to one person and what it means to me are different. So for me, it might be just that I did an oil cleansing that was a whole 60 seconds and that was, you know, really great. Or maybe my meditation was, you know, a few minutes doing an eye meditation and positive affirmations in the mirror, which is something I always have done. Mm-hmm. Um, or connecting with my guides through a mirror, which mm-hmm. is something I'm able to do. And I, I feel really blessed to be able to do that. Um, 
that lets me know that I'm I'm on track and I'm you know in the right spot and it brings up my frequency. I'll also um, you know sometimes pull energy from trees. So um, that's another part of my practice. I have many different practices, but none of them are very lengthy. They're all quite short. I think the lengthiest thing that I could sit down to do would be to draw one of these tarot cards or do a drawing. But typically that's when kids are in bed and while most people would be like, oh, I'm so tired from my day, I'm gonna lay on the couch and watch TV, I'm in a different room with maybe some music playing or something or some mm -hmm. frequencies of some kind and I'm drawing or, or I'm completely silent or I've gone out and I've done some stargazing. I think a lot of people be listening to this have seen photo, like, you know, astronomy photos and things like mm -hmm. that on my, you know. So I do some amateur like astronomy type. I, I have a good, a good, uh, um, knowledge of the sky like you know yeah and that's what I love is that education that comes from your like social media where you mm -hmm. I mean planets or stars or what's happening coming up in in our solar system I love finding that out well through, to be know. honest some of that is necessary because if you are you know practicing more sort of you know ancient um, practices occulted practices and by the way the word occult means hidden so the name of this deck is Solara Occultu Tarot. So it's the hidden sun. Mm. We have many hidden suns within our body, our own chakra system. And so I'm trying to pull information from our own hidden sun, what the information that might be hidden to you, and then just acknowledging that you have this divine power within you and that you can make manifest some of that mm -hmm. information. So that's the title of the cards, by the way. I thought I better touch on that. Um, <laughs> but when it comes to um, just uh, being, um, you know, like, you know, on your own path to manifestation, you um, typically a knowledge of the stars, a knowledge of planetary movements, um, some astrology, and then a knowledge of herbs was important mm. to be able to practice, uh, you know, magic and things like that. So, mm. so um, some of that, you know, background that I have that I've had with me my whole life is coming through a little bit more obvious now, but that's the reason for it. I mean, you, you can't really work with, um, you know, that uh, you know certain energies on just any time you want. I mean if you want you know to do this, you know I, Let's just I'm using a, an example here, but um, a Manifestation of like I would like to you know be a little bit thinner. I would I you know it, it is you know It is my will. That's how you started off. It is my will to you know lose five pounds It is my will to be thinner. It is my will to be healthy Maybe you're overweight and you just aren't um, healthy at the moment if you're gonna do things like that um, you're not going to do that during a waxing moon <laughs> because that's growing things, making them bigger. So you're going to use some of that energy of, you that's know, that's why it's not working. <laughs> <laughs> yes, clearly that's not been my practice. It's not been one of my spells this year. I have been eating and I'm really enjoying eating this year. So. What about like a getting in? Like you found your life path. Like yeah. these are all the things. Like th this is you. Like I think yeah. learning about tarot now. Like, I mean, I never, never saw it as darkness, but there is so much light and beauty yeah. in it. But like, I think there's a fear surrounding it. I like, think people so. Just don't. Yeah. Oh yeah. But I feel like I associated with Amanda. Like you see this as like <laughs> a life giving. But how do like Lex and I are having so much fun creating the gala? Like I think yes. As and I'm having so much fun watching you guys flex oh, it you. and do it. It's, it. In, well, it's inspiring. Oh. It is inspiring. I mean, there's a higher vibrational way right there to reach out to the masses. It's beautiful. Yeah. And I love what you said about like looking out. I don't know if this was before we talked or while we were recording, but even just like 
looking out at other people and and whether they're doing something similar to you or not, but cheering them on and yeah. not seeing it as Do you know where some of that comes from? Okay, so, you know, my background was, you know, being in the salons all the time from a very young age. I was typically the youngest stylist at the salon, um, you know, watching everybody else work. And I learned very quickly, like, how, it, you know, insanely awesome is it that, you know, there is more salons than there needs to be. Like, uh, let's just say in a city of Saskatoon, let's say, more salons than people. <laughs> and in your salon, you have 10 people doing the same thing as you. Many of them are gonna be better at one element or the other. And you quickly learn that there's no shortage of clients. It's very right. interesting how that works. You know, there isn't a shortage of clients, yet everybody in that you know, establishment is doing the exact same thing you are. You, it's an immediate humbling of the ego when you see somebody pull off a haircut that you just definitely could have never pulled off. And you know, they have clients, but then you do too. I think basically it's a bit of a metaphor that you can use where there's always somebody who's drawn to you for what you're putting out. Mm. And what they're actually really drawn to is the frequency of what you're putting out. So when I put something out like a tarot deck, um, I think it's amazing if somebody who's never done it wants to do it, but I'm not putting it out to try to like turn them <laughs> like or like turn you towards the dark side or, or anything like that. I think the people that are attracted to it will be attracted to it for different reasons. Yeah. And if they're not, that's okay too, but there's never going to be a shortage of people. And the people that might want to learn that hadn't otherwise thought of it might go, you know, that might be really fun to learn something mm -hmm. like that. And, you know, just have it sort of, I think the imagery I've put in here is, um, like it doesn't feel threatening, you know, like it's, um, I've, I've only used four colors. So white, gold, um, a little bit of a rust color and black. So I wanted the cards to have a real flow energetically and mm -hmm. then a color scheme. So the challenge was, and it was a bit of a challenge for myself was, can I make the image and the feeling that I want with only using four colors? Mm -hmm. And um, the answer is yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, originally I had to redraw so many of the cards because I was so sure that there needed to be a blue and a green in there. Mm -hmm. And I did it and it ruined the whole vibe of it. Oh. It took that really earthy vibe away, even though the colors of green and blue are very earthy. They are our colors. But these um, sort of desert colors, the color scheme of them all just really needed to be only them. So it posed, you know, a challenge with, you know, what color I was going to use for what. So there is sometimes a little bit of thought here and there as to how I'd go about doing it. But for the most part, they just came out channeled. And the whole project in its entirety has taken about a year. We're just finishing up the guidebook. Was there one that you feel like most connected to or kind of represented... I don't know, maybe it's like twofold, like one that you found beauty in in terms of a healing process for yourself in going through this last year? Oh, uh, yes. As you were drawing it? Yes, yes. Um, I think one of the um, cards that I really, really, really love and definitely felt very, very connected to was the Justice card. Mm. Um, the way that I did the Justice card was... Um, I actually worked on that card the night that one of my very, very dear, sweet, amazing, like if I was ever taught resilience, I would say it was by this woman who had suffered um, cancer so terribly that they had removed one of her legs. And when they did that, that caused a slew of problems in her body. This is a woman that was so incredibly strong and had fought cancer a few times. 
Um, she was um, definitely uh, such an inspiration. And she would come to my studio before I had Pranic Forest in its own brick and mortar location. She would come and make her way with one leg up my stairs. So I just thought, how unfair is it that this one of the nicest people I've met would have, you know, to struggle this way. It was just, I just considered it to be extremely unfair. Um, the night that I caught wind through a friend that had referred her to me in the first place, um, I began to draw the justice card with her illuminated on a, on a horse, or sorry, on a tiger. Um, uh, normally, um, I thought I was gonna make it a horse, and then it quickly turned into a tiger for this like strength. And um, then I found that I, the way I would have her posed upon this tiger is that she would be missing one of her legs, but it would just be that it was obstructed. You couldn't see that there was another leg there. But the whole time I was doing it, I had her in mind and I knew she was passing that night. I later would send um, the original of that, which I've since redrawn, but I did send the original to the woman that, you know, and a lot of people know this woman. I don't want to say her name. She's such a lovely human and I love her so much. But um, um, I sent her the original and it, it was so that we could, you know, remember this woman. And uh, um, I would say that one stuck with me so much because mm -hmm. the whole time that I knew she was making her transition from this realm to the next realm, I was drawing it. Wow. So, yeah. And I didn't know her family or anything like that, but I had my own little relationship with her and I had gotten to know her and I, I really appreciated um, that uh, um, chance to be able to, to do that with her. Um, to work with her um, and you know sometimes she would get quite a bit of um, healing from the energy work um, and we would have great chats and other times it was just you know towards the end there she was meant to transition mm -hmm. and who was I to stop you know the will of her soul you know to, to make that transition so wow. her quality of life had been ailing as a result of actually the surgery that had happened so um, that was one that really stuck with me um, most of these though I can really go through and and really you know see um, see the um, journey I mean looking at something like the eight of swords you know which is there you know you you're blindfolded you maybe can't see your way out but there is a way out, you know, if you want to maneuver between those swords, you can find a way out. Maybe it's just a moment in your life where you can't see the way out, hmm. you know, but it exists and you'll find it. And so um, I could definitely see so many different things in these cards that uh, it was it was uncanny, you know, how I was reliving even past experiences as I was, you know, putting pen to paper. Yeah. Is it something that... Like, someone could just pull one card every day? Is sure. it like it has to be on the no, Friday of yeah, the No, not at all. No, and you don't have to do the tarot in that way. That's more just sort of, you know, to, you know, touch on the actual. I say it like that, but I really want to learn all oh, of that. <laughs> yeah, actually, no, I really think it's, it's actually fairly friendly, and I think that you can definitely, you know, get to learn it. I think anyone can really get to learn the tarot, and it's, it's a neat acquired skill. And for those that don't want to learn the tarot, um, I'm halfway through an oracle deck. <laughs> so that something is something Yes, exactly. And so that's going to be something that will come after this. And um, I'm so excited for all the projects and, and just to get to speak with you ladies today. Mm -hmm. you're, oh, you're so amazing. And thanks for having me. Oh, we're so happy to have you here. We, um, 
We do have a final question for you, though. Um, mm -hmm. If if you were stranded on a desert island, what would be the three things that you would bring with you? Uh, rise. <laughs> no way. Three six. <laughs> no, 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 no. All right, all right. <laughs> oh gosh, if I was stranded on a desert island. Uh, well, because I know that I can manifest anything that I want, mm. I would make sure that my energy system came with me and that I was able to channel the energy down um, to manifest anything that I wanted to see in my reality. So even if I was feeling like I was in lack, I could still manifest all the things I needed. What would be the three things that you would manifest? <laughs> <laughs> Such a trickster. Uh, okay, I, I would manifest... Um, coconut milk mm. and um, like cappuccinos with coconut milk. <laughs> I would manifest as much peace for people as I could muster and if I could spread that out all over the world I would definitely do that and um, the third thing I would manifest would be the four children that I gave birth to Aww. the one child that my husband and I have had a little bit of a hand in raising and he's in his 20s now he's my older son's best friend so five children and my husband I would take Aww. with me yeah <laughs> and, and, and coconut milk cappuccinos and peace, I know. peace for all <laughs> exactly <laughs> that's awesome yeah Amanda, you are so special and I don't know in what what order though they will air but we're having you back to definitely yeah. talk all things natural oh, beauty and yes. herbs and skincare because it is another talk i'm mm -hmm. in yes i'm so excited for that and thanks for seeing me along this journey and cheering me on it yes, means of course. everything and anyone that's listening if you've been sending me little messages or excited about the deck you have no idea what that's done this year it just it made me finish it yeah, yeah, so yeah, there's a lot so of people cool. in your corner, Amanda. Yeah. And it's coming out soon, your tarot deck. And Thank where you, else? The end of June. That's amazing. Yeah. And where else can people find you? Oh, gosh. Well, you can find me on Instagram at Pranic Forest, or you can find me at Solera Occultu Tarot. Um, you can find uh, me on um, the web. Uh, we have a website, uh, pranicforest.com. Soon we'll have Solera Occultu Tarot.com. And um, you can find me in Kensington at my shop doing energy work and facials and all kinds of conjuring <laughs> going on there. It's a beautiful shop if you're in Calgary or coming to Calgary. Mm -hmm. It's a must, must go. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Amanda, thank you. That was so fun. Thanks for having me, ladies. <laughs>